I'm just here to echo Kim. Are you going? <laughs> Kids can be carried to children's church. <clears throat> I'm so glad that, that we could gather today. You know, uh, with the COVID years, um, we actually missed a, a, a Resurrection Sunday service. We missed Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. We didn't do them at all. And then last year, we did no Good Friday service, but we did a, a, just a brief Resurrection Sunday service. So it's, it's so good to be back together, isn't it? It's, what, a, what a blessing it is to be back together. We, uh, the, the COVID years were tough to figure out, honestly. Tough to figure out how to do church. Um, we, we had some services outside when the weather allowed. And honestly, we found that we kind of liked that. <laughs> And so that's probably coming back this summer because that was a good time. But, but it, was just, it was just tough. And the, and the toughest one for me was Resurrection Sunday. You just can't take this, um, this, this weekend away from me uh, as a pastor. You just can't do that. We can't miss Resurrection Sunday. And, and we actually did. Uh, but it's these services that mean so much to me because I am, if, if you know me at all, you know that I am a new life guy. And by that I mean that I, I am all about the scriptures, the New Testament scriptures that talk about new life. My two uh, kind of life verses are Galatians 2.20 and 2 Corinthians 5.17. For I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loves me and gave himself for me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. These, these are verses that mean so much to me because I'm a new life guy. And so you can't take away these services from me. Now, in our, our, our earlier service, yes, we had a service earlier today, if you missed that. In our earlier service, we looked at uh, what, the, what the disciples went through. We, 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 we talked about the incredible roller coaster of Good Friday to Resurrection Sunday for the disciples, how they went from celebration to desperation back to celebration, how they went from joy to sorrow back to joy, life to death back to life, faith to fear and back to faith, and hope to doubt and back to, to hope. So we, we, we looked at that this morning and we saw that the disciples were, 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 went through this, this process from Good Friday to Resurrection Sunday. All of this happened to them. But there was one guy that missed the whole thing. There was one guy, that one disciple of Jesus that missed Easter. He missed Resurrection Sunday. We know him as Doubting Thomas. You know him as Doubting Thomas, right? Everybody, in fact, it's, it's, it's actually how we talk about somebody who, who doubts the, the, the veracity of something. We, well, he's a Doubting Thomas. We've named him Doubting Thomas, and we're going to actually look at him today. So let's read John chapter 20, starting in verse 20 through 29. It will be up here behind me. I'm sorry, starting in verse 24. But Thomas, called twin, one of the twelve, 
was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands. Put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side. I will never believe. A week later, his disciples were indoors again. And Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So, <coughs> excuse me, let's talk about the context here. Because in our earlier service, we kind of covered the context. Verses 19 to 23 tell the story of Jesus appearing in the locked room with the disciples. Now, uh, so, so he appears and, and, and says the same thing, peace be with you. But, but verse 19 specifically says that they're, they're in a room with the door locked out of fear. This is where they are, fear. Now, it tells us in, the, in verse 24 that, that Thomas wasn't with them that first time. We don't know where he was. We, where was he? It was sort of a busy weekend. Where was this guy? But he was gone. He missed the first Resurrection Sunday. He missed... Easter. And, and so we, we read this and we, we see why he's called Doubting Thomas, right? We can see how, how his name just became Doubting Thomas. And yet, when you think about, when, when we look at this pers- from his perspective, when we think about Thomas, was his doubt actually a reasonable doubt? Did it actually make sense for him to, to doubt Because we see Thomas in a couple of other places in Scripture. In John 11, Jesus tells his disciples that that Lazarus is dead, and he's going there to where Lazarus is. And and Thomas is there, and Thomas says, well, let's go too so that we may die with him. That's, That's in John 11, 16. So Thomas is ready to die with Lazarus. He doesn't seem like doubting Thomas at this point. Then we see Thomas again in John 14. Jesus is talking about heaven, and he's talking about going and preparing a place for them there. And he's telling them, you, you, when, I, when I come back for you, you'll follow me. And, and Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And of course, Jesus answers this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father. And from now on, you do know him because you know me. So we might be able to call Thomas pessimistic, maybe, but doubting? We really don't see doubt here, do we? This isn't doubting Thomas yet. So now let's fast forward to this weekend. Let's fast forward to Good Friday. Well, even, even Palm Sunday to Resurrection Sunday. Think about what Thomas has witnessed He was having a Passover meal with Jesus. They sang a few hymns. Then they went for a walk after supper. And Jesus is arrested. And he's taken before a Jewish council. 
and, and put, put on trial, and nobody can, nobody can say anything bad about Jesus. They can't find anything to charge him with, so they pay some people to lie. And those people lie about Jesus, and so the Jewish council turns him over to the Roman government. Now, the Roman government can't find anything wrong with Jesus either. They, uh, they Pilate famously says, I find nothing wrong with this, this man. Nothing, no reason to, for, the, for the death penalty. So what Pilate does is he takes Jesus and Barabbas, and he takes him before the crowd, and this, this is Jerusalem, this is Jewish people. And so Thomas is probably thinking, well, this will be, be it then. But the people choose Barabbas, and they kill Jesus. He's condemned to die. So Thomas had left everything he had, whatever his job was, whatever, whatever he used to do, he'd been following Jesus for three years. Then he sees this weekend happen, and they start out with a, a nice Passover supper, and then things go bad, and then they go worse, and then they go worse, and then they get even worse. And now Jesus is, is killed, given a criminal's death. This is Thomas's mindset. So, so Thomas is probably, his head's probably spinning with everything that he's just been through because, again, this is Friday to Sunday. He goes through all of this. So his head's probably spinning. So when, when they come and, 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 and he misses the resurrection Sunday, he misses Easter, and the disciples come and tell him, hey, we've seen the Lord, he's... I think his doubt is reasonable. I think actually we can, we can identify with Thomas because after what he's been through, I think we can relate to the idea that Thomas didn't believe it on first try. Thomas, maybe, maybe Thomas was actually just the honest one because what are the rest of the disciples doing? It tells us again, it, back in 19 to 23, they're locked behind a door right? They're in a room locked, locked up for fear of the Jews. Where are they this time? In a room locked up for fear of the Jews. That, they haven't changed. They haven't expressed their doubt, but Thomas does. Maybe Thomas is actually just the honest one. So let's, let's think about Thomas the disciple. What do we know about Thomas the disciple of Jesus? Again, we call him Doubting Thomas, but do you know, we don't even know his name. Thomas is the word for twin. We don't know who his twin is. We don't know his name. We call him Thomas, but that literally means the twin. That's why it's in, in uh, parentheses in your English Bible, because it, it, this is just the Aramaic word for twin. We don't know who Thomas is. We don't know who he's twin to. We don't know much of anything about him, except that he's honest about his doubt. He's honest about his fear. He's honest about, about I will believe when I see Jesus. Maybe God gives us Thomas because there's some Thomas in each of us, isn't there? There's a bit of Thomas in each of us, a bit of fear, a bit of doubt, a little bit of, I'm not sure I believe that. There's a, there's a bit of Thomas in each of us. 
So maybe, maybe Thomas, who he is, isn't important. Maybe what's important is that we can relate to him. We can understand where Thomas is at here. We, we, may, we may besmirge his name and call him Doubting Thomas, but then, then we'd have to honestly say, I'm Doubting Jim and Doubting Jill and, and Doubting Kevin and Doubting... Because we all have our doubts and our fears. We all have these things that, that keep us from Jesus. Thomas missed Jesus. He missed Easter. He is only mentioned eight times in the entire New Testament, Thomas. Four of those times are just a list of the disciples. Two more that we've just looked at, then this one, then one other, and that's it. That's all we have about Thomas. We don't know anything about him, but we can relate to him because we know he just said the quiet part out loud, didn't he? He just said the quiet part out loud. I won't believe unless. That's, that's the quiet part that we don't like to say out loud. Thomas was at least honest and said it. I think that's why Thomas' story is told. Because we can relate to this part of the story. We can relate to having our doubts. Now, what does Thomas do with his doubt? He takes it to Jesus. He takes his fear, he takes his doubt, he takes it to Jesus. Does Jesus say, I condemn you for your doubt? No. Does Jesus even, even dress him down and say, you shouldn't doubt? No. What he does is say, Jesus says, come. Jesus says, come, touch. Investigate for yourself. That's still what Jesus is saying to you this morning. Investigate yourself. Because Jesus can handle your doubt. He can handle your fear. He can handle that your worry and your concern. He can handle all of this because he is asking you to bring it to him. Bring Jesus your doubt. Because what happens with Thomas is Easter Sunday a week late. What happens with Thomas is he understands resurrected life a week late. And he, and he understands it with all of the other disciples who were cowering in a room a week after Jesus appeared to them. They're still cowering in a room. Thomas brings his doubt to Jesus. And the rest of them see Jesus in resurrected life. So what are the lessons of Thomas? Again, Thomas brings his doubt to Jesus. And when he sees the resurrected Jesus, he says, my Lord and my God. Jesus does not dress him down. He, he does not condemn him. He does not tell him he shouldn't have doubted. He just tells him, come. That's the Jesus we still have today. He is still telling you, come. Bring your doubt. Bring your frustration. Bring your, 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 your worry, your confusion. Thomas had all of that. And he was honest about it. And he brought it to Jesus. And his response was my Lord and my God. Jesus does not ask for blind faith. He tells us to investigate. 
He tells us to search the Scripture. He tells us, I invite you, search the Scripture and see if Jesus isn't, isn't the, your Savior. Search the Scripture and see if he isn't the Messiah. Because that's what Jesus asks us to do. It isn't a blind leap of faith. It's historic fact. It's archaeological fact. And Jesus tells us to investigate it. Tells us to bring our doubt to him. We can't miss the resurrection. We can't miss the resurrection day. Have you missed the resurrection day? Maybe you're stuck in your fear, your concern, your frustration, your doubt, your confusion, your despair. Maybe you're stuck there, somewhere between Friday and Sunday morning. Bring those to the feet of Jesus and be resurrected. Faith in Christ is not a blind leap. It's based on historical evidence, archaeological evidence, and it's based upon the changed lives you see around you. We have just today witnessed four new lives, four risen to new life. I say it, if you, whether you heard me or not, I say buried in the likeness of his death as they go in the water, risen to new life in Christ as they come out. We've seen four examples of risen life today. Bring your doubt. Bring your fear. Bring your concern. Bring your, your, your confusion. Bring it to Jesus. Be healed. Don't miss resurrected life. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment. Are you stuck? Are you stuck before resurrected life? Are you stuck in frustration or, or confusion or hope or doubt or hopelessness? Bring them to Jesus. Investigate for yourself and bring them to Jesus. You can have resurrected life this morning. Resurrected life, life like we have seen in the four that were baptized today. You can have that, it's as simple as a prayer. Simply pray along in your own words and say, God, I have sin in my life. I know that I have sin in my life. I've, I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I'm going to trust that Jesus died in my place on that cross. That he died to pay my price. And so I ask you to, to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to give me this resurrected life that I might proclaim my Lord and my God. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, let somebody know. Elbow your neighbor, let them know. Come and let me know. The water's still there. Maybe this morning you, you know Christ, but you have not been living. If you think about the last couple of weeks, the last week, you have not been living resurrected life. 
Will you take a moment right now to lay your, your, your doubt, your fear, your concern, your confusion at the foot of Jesus? Father, we thank you for the story of Thomas. We don't know who he is except that we know it's us. We thank you that his story is here to show us we can bring our our doubt, our fear, our confusion. That you invite us to bring those to you. Don't let us miss Resurrection Sunday. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.